Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Ann Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Now playing only in theaters. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music. And lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. If you want to relive the feels on Grey's Anatomy, Hulu is here for you. What are you waiting for? Let's go. Every episode of Grey's Anatomy is now streaming on Hulu. Seriously. Every. I'm your person. Every. Now we dance it out. Every. McDreamy. Every. McSteamy. Every. Grey's Ever. Now streaming on Hulu. And new episodes Friday. Hey guys, I've been telling you about how we are big fans of Tacova's boots. Heritage, tradition, quality, comfort, style, and service are some of the best features of Tacova's. But now they also have a gift for our listeners. Tacova's will throw in one of their best selling trucker hats or ball caps free with a minimum purchase of $100 at tacovas.com. Just use code REALFRIENDS at checkout. That's R E A L F R I E N D S. That's T E C O. V-A-S.com and point your toes west. Holy cow. I got so many things to say. I got so many things to say. I'm so excited about this episode, Zach. Yeah. You have a, no idea. This is this a big is a, episode. This is a very good episode, by the way. Judy came for a good one. Yeah. Not only is it a big episode, but this is, listen, man, I feel like I didn't know what I had when I had it. You know what I mean? Carla and Turk... Carla and Turk, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. You want to talk about a good relationship on television? And you want to talk about a relationship, especially at the time that we were filming it, I really needed a relationship like that. Granted, I found the woman of my dreams. She lives in the same house as me. She's downstairs right now watching our children. But when I think of Turk and Carla, I'm rem- I, I, I think of Carla and you too, Judy, as like an ex of mine, even though it was just work, even though we were working together. It's like I have so many fond memories and I ruined it and I and I, I spoiled it by the show going off the air. <laughs> I mean, and then we were no longer together and I don't see her anymore. So when you see Judy now, do you have the feeling of I get the vapors. Like, as, yeah. as, as Bismarcky said, I caught the vapors. Oh my God. When I'm watching Scrubs now, I'm like, oh my gosh, she's so fine. What was I thinking? What did I do? <laughs> How did I let that go? You know, that's okay. Carla always knew it. Yeah. <laughs> what do I have to do to get this guy to see what he has? Well, he-, he always, he always, and she always said it, right? Carla always says, like, if only he, when is he going to love me the way he loves JD? <laughs> Here's some stories about a show we made. About a bunch of docs and nurses in a Canada who love to hate. I said, he's a story. Never should know. So gather around to hear our 
listen, for all of you guys who are listening right now, as you yeah. probably why can, don't you properly introduce your your, we your, have your TV the show amazing wife. Is stupendous the right word? Yeah, stupendous. 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 Fantastic. We have the fantastic, the legend that is Judy Reyes on Fake Doctors and Real Friends today. We're so excited about it. Well, Give it up. An incredible introduction. This is where well, we insert thunderous applause, Judy. You'll I'm at later. a loss of words. You have no idea how, how excited I am that you are here. I'm excited for you guys. I mean excited for the show you guys got bumped up to two shows a week i can't even catch up well we've been having fun we never thought anyone would really listen we thought it would be maybe our parents uh donald's mom doesn't even listen my mom's my mom, never i don't think she's ever listened to my you know how i know she hasn't fan. listened you know uh, how i know she hasn't listened this is how i know she what? hasn't listened because i'll be like mom and i've already said on the podcast i don't think my mom ever listens to the show right mm-hmm. i was like mom have you listened to the podcast she's like yeah i listen to it all the time and the way I know that she hasn't is she hasn't been like, I, she hasn't called me and been like, I listen to your podcast. She has no yeah. idea. Yeah. yeah well, isn't that the story of the show? You know, yes. it's like, it was like, congratulations, but nobody's watched the show until like 20 years later when now it's like a legend. Right. Like, I know. Television folklore where everybody's like, oh my God, you don't understand. I grew up on your show. And then it's like, wow. Okay. Right. When you hear that, it's like, well, how come y'all didn't show up in the ratings then? If that's the well, case. Well, they did in the beginning. I was just looking back. This is back in 2000 when there was no streaming competition and people actually did watch the show. I mean, there were a lot of people watching the show in the beginning, especially, you know, we, we, we always joked that we barely survived, that we were always moving around time slots and everything. But this was still like at a time when, Joelle, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think like 11 million people or something were watching these episodes. Yeah, when we followed Fra- yeah, when we followed Frasier, we were at 11 or 10 million. But when the season two or three, when we started following Friends, we ju- at one point we had like 27 million people watching our show. I don't know, but it's just so funny. You never get no one ever gets numbers like that anymore. But back in 2001, you could have 11 million people watch your TV show. Well, so. because there were only three television networks, right? There was ABC, NBC, CBS, and right. like and eight, Fox and, and Fox, and then Showtime and HBO. Right. So there were only a certain number of shows that you could watch. And now, you know, like we were saying before, people are actually coming to us and texting us and through social media, letting us know that we, as particularly in these times, that our show literally changed their lives and influenced and affected the choices that they made um, for a living. And that's really, really moving. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It feels so warm and fuzzy inside when you, you know, you read your comments and you post a picture of your kids and stuff like that. And they're like, that don't look like Carla. (laughs) Yeah, Donald always gets harassed. I'm always like, Donald gets harassed. That don't look like Carla had them kids. That's why I always, I'm always like, wow, that the show hits so hard in so many people that when I post pictures of my family or I post pictures, you know, of uh, us at a holiday, you know, during holiday, the first thing that comes up, that don't look like Carla. We're Turkey. We're Turkey. When I was working, when I started working in uh, out of state, which is right after uh, Scrubs, where all shows were being shot, like in Vancouver or Atlanta or New Orleans. (laughs) (laughs) So, So, Judy, wait. I was going to say, Donald, if you don't mind, and um, Judy, we we've been asking everyone that comes on the show, all the cast members, their their audition story because. I think listeners are, are, I imagine, interested in that. I hope they're interested in that. But um, maybe, t- I don't really know yours. I know Donald and Sarah's, so I'd love to hear your story about how the the script initially came to you and what your audition process was like. 
in New York, you know, I was working, I had done, gosh, I don't know. I'd done like, this was, must've been like my seventh pilot audition. I'd done all uh, about six pilots before this that never went, that never got picked up. So by the time I got to this one, I was just like, you know, ready for it not to go as well, but it was such a good pilot. Mm-hmm. And, it, and Carla had these two great monologues in the pilot, in the pilot, one yeah. where, where I go mm-hmm. off right and one where I go off on, on Dr. Cox. Um, and I was, you know, I was part of a theater company and I was just so prepared to just nail it and walk out and get a, and I got, you know, you get a free, free flight to LA. You get to stay in a fancy hotel, but the most important thing was to just like work on it really hard and go out, get out of the room feeling good. Wait, you weren't living in, you weren't living in Los Angeles at the no, time? No, no, I was in New York. I okay. was living in New York. Was your first audition at, at, at 30 Rock or something for Stephen O'Neill? First, yeah, my first audition was at, at 30 Rock and I did really well. And I, and all I just kept getting was this feedback from my manager, Gene Fox, you, your manager. was Yes, yes. Um, um, Not at this not time? during this, but you, not, you were, not at this time, but yes, but it, yeah, we did have the same manager back in the day. Yeah. When we were younger, right. Yeah, yeah, Cause yeah. she mo- mostly represented kids and I yeah. always played really young and earlier in my career, but I remember being really excited to get this flight to LA and staying in a fancy hotel and all this stuff. And, uh, and, uh, uh I remember somebody giving me a note to tell us like, before you start your, your scene, just take a breath and look at everybody in the room mm. and then start. <laughs> right so i just that's good advice hey I, I, I and i really did and i felt and there were like think uh three other women did you know them anyway i didn't know anybody uh i, I just remember who was the casting director for that i knew the ca- casting director because i auditioned him all the time and and i didn't even know any of the actresses which was strange because all latina actresses know each other and i think i was the only one from la who was flown in and oh. i felt like i had a really good chance but i didn't attach myself to anything mm. um what scenes did you do do you remember what scenes you did from the pilot all the scenes that carla had which was like the one where i go he hits on me right and the one to dr cox right i don't remember any of the stuff <laughs> don't worry don't worry Dolan. i don't remember anything either <laughs> I, I watched this episode that we're talking about twice yes yeah, same here because i remembered i what i remembered is like in the first season i had this one big big episode with you where 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 we go to see that to the photography exhibit that's called my nickname and i was sure that that's the one we were going to talk about today like wait a minute we're not doing my nickname no no we we, we i one 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 time one day judy will get more organized and like book people for the the times they have their big episode but i think you have a really nice arc in this episode no i do and that's why i watched it i was like this is really great i'm I'm excited to talk about we just wanted to have you on (laughs) but i but i remember um taking that moment and looking at all these people was like in my head i was like fuck there's a lot of people in here and i looked at all of them i was like no pressure, right? And they <laughs> just fell out laughing at Bill the loudest. And I felt really relaxed. And I just, they laughed at every single thing I did. And I was like, I'm fine. And uh, I walked to the elevator. And before I got to the elevator, the casting and notes, oh, I, I, I wanted to tell you something. Hold on a second. Before they call the other girl in, I was like, you're good. I was like, oh. Oh, shit. <laughs> and I was like, like when you, like, as you're that, leaving. Do you remember if it yours. was Brett or Debbie, one of those two? Debbie. Yeah. And she took you aside. She took me aside at the elevator. I was like, amazing, you're really good. And I was oh. like, oh, I, I wasn't sure what that meant, but I was like, and by the time I got to the airport, I was like, you got it. Oh, wow, that's so awesome. Oh my God. So on your way back, how much did you drink? <laughs> <laughs> In celebration. 
I was like, they, they were like, do you want a champagne or orange juice? Or I was like, can I have them both in one glass? <laughs> She's like, I'm a most. I was like, yeah, that's it. Give me one of those. <laughs> and I was like, you want another one? I was like, yeah, I want another one. <laughs> oh, man. That's and amazing. Then, and then so you had to go back to, well, it was just the pilot. So I guess you, you, you weren't planning on moving. You just kind of came out for the pilot then? Came out for, came out for the pilot. And then, you know, by the time we got picked up, it was okay, like a couple so months later. Okay, so do you remember upfront at all? I got, didn't I get hammered? At, well, yeah, that's did. what I'm asking. We all, we all did. But that's what I'm asking. Do I you remember, remember, I remember being um, on a switch. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> Donald told this story where you were on a, but it was more than a swing, Judy. I it, think was like it was like a trapeze a, it was type like a, thing. For some reason, this bar we were in had a trapeze in it, which is really not safe. I want to swing and my, and my uh, ex-husband had to take me home. Yes. <laughs> I remember, who was the executive tall guy and he, he had a, a snot on his nose and I was like, you got a booger. <laughs> <laughs> and you were like, and Bill was so impressed. It was like, you're the only person I know who would tell like uh, the head of a network that he has booger on his nose. I was like, but wouldn't you, wouldn't you want to know that you have booger on your nose? I love that on one side of that party, Donald's giving Jeff Zucker a noogie. Yeah. On the other side of the party, you're telling another executive he has a booger on his nose. <laughs> And Bill had told us all, like, guys, do not get too drunk at this party. There's going to be important executives here. We got wasted. wasted. Sarah was wasted. Wasted. Yeah. Do you remember Such her famous phrase, uh, Judy, at that party? She she walked up you to Donald. You guys ever had a Cosmopolitan? Uh, <laughs> so good. I was They're like, great. I want to try one. I don't she, was, she was walking sideways. I just remember. She, yes. she, she was like on a diagonal. <laughs> I, I told her, I was like, I, I, I like um, martinis. You know what my friend Richie Petroselli says about martinis? Martinis are like tits. One's not enough, three's too many. <laughs> <laughs> I want that on a t-shirt. <laughs> right. <laughs> what was your um, first impression of meeting Donald like? Because you knew he was going to be your, your love interest. And then I, did you meet him at the table read thing that we did at Bill's house? Did I go to the table? Or you, maybe, because you, the t- maybe because you flew in. Maybe because you flew in, in so I didn't go. So where did you meet Donald? I, I, on set. I met him on set. That's what I told you this story, dude. Like, well, right I want to hear it from Judy. Okay. Well, the story that we had that... Uh, makeout scene. We had the makeout scene. Right. And you had smoked cigarettes right before it. Donald's already complained that you were smoking. Yes, and of course. I, okay. But since then, we've smoked so many cigarettes together. Yeah. Oh my gosh! That but what I day, do though. remember is that we had that makeout scene, and I was completely—I felt Donald is Donald. You, what you see is what you get. He's the sweetest, um, uh, kindest, relaxed, but very professional guy, right? Wow. And I felt very comfortable with Donald. And we had this makeout scene, and I don't think that I'd ever had uh, a kissing scene like that before, where you know we're just like making out, and I stuck my tongue in his mouth. Yeah, dude. Yeah. There are. And then he went. And then he went and bragged lie. everybody. You did that a lot. You. <laughs> and then and then Donald started. with Judy didn't Donald start walking around bragging to everyone like I got tongue? But the first time I did it, the first right. time. Yeah, I, right away. Right like away. Immediately. But yeah. the, but he told like the whole fucking. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> and then he ruined it for nine years. For the whole time, the rest of it, the rest. Of no, it. but I should have. Because you, I was embarrassed. I was embarrassed. This motherfucker goes. It goes. <laughs> Yo, you stuck your tongue in my mouth. You stuck your tongue in my mouth. I, was like, I wasn't supposed to do that. I didn't know. It. <laughs> so Donald, you in one moment 
You have this beautiful woman. She's giving you a first um, on-screen kiss. The chance of a And then you, you blab about it, and then you never got tongue again, did you? Well, no, she did it a couple of times. Hold on now. No, she, I didn't. Yeah, you did. You're a liar. You're a liar. I, I, could, I could show you the episode, because I remember one show episode, we're making out, and the girl I was dating at the time was like, well, this is awkward. <laughs> and it was like the scene where we're supposed to be making out and it's supposed to be a wet, sloppery kiss and stuff like that. And JD even says something about that, about our, our making out after. Well, because it's scripted. Right. But you, you know what? Wasn't I did that, wasn't that like, girlfriend? Listen, wasn't that guys girlfriend? mature slower than, than girls do. It's just that simple. Women mature no faster. Kidding. I just remember thinking like, oh, Donald. I would never rat it out I now. just remember thinking like, Donald, that's now. not going to, I just remember thinking like, that's not going to end well, Donald. No, it did. It didn't end well immediately. No, but I was really embarrassed about it because it I'm just sorry. it was it was uh, just instinctual. I was like, okay. <laughs> so before Donald before Donald ruined it, it was a good kiss. I imagine it was a good kiss. I'm a great kisser. Oh shit, yeah. Donald, you fucked up. I did fuck up. <laughs> I fucked this up. Man, this I many years up. later, you're still pissed I, about listen, it. Listen. Like I said, I look back at it now like, what was I thinking, dude? What a dummy. Listen, the whole crew was was like, what are you thinking? Yeah, I know. <laughs> what a moron. It's like that thing in Scrubs where they, where they get the opera singer who goes, mistakes. Yeah. 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 Um, or that Kevin, right. Sorbo, that Kevin Sorbo story. Have you heard that? No. Which one is that one? You know how they put in parentheses the direction that you're supposed to do, and then underneath it usually is the line? Yeah, the parenthetical. Right. And in that it said disappointed, that was like the last thing underneath the line that he has. So like the line was something like, this isn't my world. This isn't my place. And then in that thing, it says it says disappointed. So he's supposed to say all of this disappointed. And he... It's trying to figure out a way to muster up the disappointment. Now, this is all folklore. This is all, this, right. this might not be true. And he's trying to figure out a way to muster it up. And he goes, disappointed! <laughs> <laughs> I love those Hollywood stories where you hear something that some actor said. You have no idea if it's true or not, but they're, they're funny to hear. I know one with Christina Ricci, apparently she was... I have no, again, I have no idea if this is true, but I heard this story that she was getting all this direction. The director was going into all this elaborate stuff and she looked at him and said, look, more happy or more sad? <laughs> the end of the day, right? Just- Which when you think about it is pretty great. It was pretty, let's just, just break it all down. Do you want it right. more happy or do you want it more sad? Right. What do you- <laughs> <laughs> That's very Wednesday of her. Yeah. I don't want to hear your elaborate, your direction's so confusing. Do you want me happier or sadder? <laughs> But end of the day, that's like very Carla and Turk, isn't it? It's like, what are you doing? You just yeah. ruined it for the rest of our relationship. Well, you were but, such a, you two had such a great relationship on the show. And I think so many people were genuinely invested in you two, which is just such a testament to how, how good your chemistry was. And of course, how good both of your performances were. But just so, so cute also, like just so like Carla and Turk together was like, that's definite relationship goals. For me, like if my relationship is like that, would you know? It, it's so much so that it kind of is like that when you really, when you really think about it. You know, my wife is the boss of this. You know what I mean? Carla was the boss. You know what I mean? All the way up into how she made the guy ask her out. You know what I mean? She got him to the point where he was. She offered sex to him and he declined. 
You know what I mean? He declined because he was afraid to ruin the relationship because he saw where it was going. You know what I mean? And that's just so... Particularly in this episode where, where Carla fucks up so bad and she goes to Turk where he's exemplary more that where Carla talks a lot and she, uh, she, she's just strong, but she, she falls apart and she goes to him and she sees what he does. You know, he walks the walk and she just does what he does at the end of the day, you know, and she sees, um, she sees how strong um, Turk is as well. And she, uh, she goes by his example. Judy, do you think that you, um, I mean, I'm sure this has come up for you. I hear it all the time that you, you inspired a lot of people to become nurses which must be a pretty incredible thing because I just I when I watch the show especially now back and and having some experience in hospitals with with sick family members I'm so aware of the power of the nurses and how the nurses are running the whole show and to me when I rewatch this Carla was just just the exemplar of 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 the most amazing nurse there ever was and I just wonder what your experience of of people men and women coming up to you and saying you may have inspired them to to go into it I I think that's true well, I don't know that the case. I think that people who may have been considering a career in medicine, they got that extra push from seeing a character like Carla and Aloma and a show like Scrubs. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And the strength of someone like that, and and the the true power of those of those people in that profession. Do you right. know what I mean? Where people find you know the glory in 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 the doctors, for example, that. The, they don't know that you cannot have those doctors without the nurses. I remember um, having that conversation with Bill one time where he wanted to explore the idea of Carla wanting to pursue a career as a doctor. And I was like, uh, no, I, I, I wasn't interested in that because it's like, I, I think Carla loves being a nurse. Yeah. And I love, you know, that's where her strength and her power and her vanity and her ego live. And I think that she's really okay with that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And, uh, and the dynamics of the relationships with Every with her and everyone in the hospital um, are, are strongest there. You know what I mean? And that there's nothing wrong with that. And, the, and her viewing audience, and for me as a Latina, all these Latinas find strength. And uh, well, there's a lot of uh, a, a huge force with people and women uh, and women of color in particular, and mm. particularly at that time. I want to just segue. You just, you, Joelle, That's a great segue into this, into this episode, actually. It is. And also, I just want to point out Joelle, because she's such a good producer, sent me this statement sent us this. The the Annenberg Inclusion Initiative at the University of Southern California released a study in 2019 that said, quote, Latino actors represented only 3% of lead or co-lead roles in top performing movies during the last 12 years. This is movies, not TV, but it's the same thing. What impression do you think Carla left on your community? Which I thought was a really smart question that I have to give Joelle a credit for. I think it left a huge impression. I get it again, I get it all the time. And I think people built on it. A lot of uh, roles were designed on Carla as a result. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of strong, sassy roles as a mm-hmm. result of that. Um, but not, car- I mean, you you weren't a caricature in, in any sense. Not in any sense. Yeah, I thought it was a testament to the writing. Absolutely. You, obviously. And it's, and I think it's been challenging to find characters and roles that have been as strong and as memorable since. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I know it's hard for me to find roles that has have been as strong and as memorable since. And and for me to find you, just like you were talking in the in that um, uh, the, the the podcast that I was listening with you guys and Bill, it, people want like a, a phase on type of character, right. yeah. you know, yeah. built on because that's the power and the force of a very well written, very well acted show where you're trying to just um, build on the kind of actor that you are, uh, but move past that is a real challenge because it's hard to find well written roles. But yeah, and and uh, the discussions and the arguments and the debates that you have with the writers to keep it real and keep it honest, keep it flawed, keep it complicated, um, which is all that uh, Bill and the writers responded to really honestly, you know, and Bill responded to to when I said, yeah, let's keep her a nurse yeah. because, you know, uh, that's where the challenges in a hospital environment live. And, and he was really respectful of your input, I think. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and, and All right. Um, we're going to go to commercial because that's what we're supposed to do, Donald. Um, I, I thought we were going to go into the episode. We're going to, but I'm seeing a, a chat from, from these this producers. Is, this is and, like the longest. Do you ever uh, look at the chat thing? We're supposed, supposed to be talking to, about the show, though. I know, bro. But listen, Judy is entertaining as hell, and we're going to go I, into I, it. I'm not saying it's her fault. I'm Why saying are you yelling at all of us? It feels like no you're mad. No one's yelling. No okay. one's yelling. I'm just saying the format's all fucked up. We'll be right back. Tacovas are one of my favorite boot brands. They're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots but they've made some innovations in comfort, style, and service. These boots are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, and handmade down in the boot-making capital of the world, Leon, Mexico. Whenever I slip on my Tacoba's boots, I feel the cowboy magic, Donald. They're tough enough for getting dirty, but classic and stylish enough for a night out on the town. If you ever wonder if you can pull off cowboy boots, you should pull on a pair of Tacobas. You'll see. They'll become your new favorite footwear. Cowboys knew what they were doing when they invented Western wear. If you can't make it into a store, Tacovas delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit Tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and point your toes west. As a special opportunity for our listeners, Tacovas has said they will throw in one of their best-selling trucker hats or ball caps for free into any minimum purchase of $100 on Tacovas.com. Just use code REALFRIENDS at checkout. That's R-E-A-L. F-R-I-E-N-D-S. It's about a $30 value and they sell fast, so there are always new styles and looks. Again, for a limited time, just enter code REALFRIENDS at checkout to add a free logo hat to your order as a one-time gift from Tacovas. only at Tacovas.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, read a book, show up for a friend? A lot of people spend their lives wishing they had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it your priority. Therapy, personally for me, has helped me a lot focus on my goals. And you've heard me talk on the podcast of the whole idea of whiteboarding and manifesting and and really getting clear with myself what I want to accomplish in my life and where I want to set my sights. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. 
Visit BetterHelp.com slash RealFriends today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash RealFriends. Let me tell you guys, my family loves our Helix sleep mattress. Ever since we've got it, we've had some of our best sleep yet. The Helix lineup offers 20 unique mattresses, including the award-winning Lux Collection, the newly released Helix Elite Collection, a mattress designed for big and tall sleepers, and even a mattress made just for kids. So how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? Take the Helix Sleep Quiz and find your perfect mattress in under two minutes. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door free of charge. Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10- to 15-year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. Everybody is unique, and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from. Each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. Not only is the mattress the best I've slept on, but the setup was fast and easy. Helix mattresses are delivered in a box straight to your door for free. Helix is offering 20% off of all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash real friends and use code HELIXPARTNER20. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Daylight savings time is starting up again for most states. The goal? To give everyone more daylight from March through November. By setting clocks forward, it may feel like there are more hours in the day, but if you're hiring, it doesn't necessarily help you find qualified candidates for your roles any sooner. There's only one way to do that, ZipRecruiter. And right now, you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash realfriends. ZipRecruiter works around the clock to find qualified candidates for you. Once you post your job on ZipRecruiter, they send it to 100-plus job sites so you reach more of the right people. Spring forward with a new hiring partner, ZipRecruiter, and find top talent sooner. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash real friends. Once again, that's ziprecruiter.com slash real friends. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. We're back. He's drinking iced tea. No, Judy, Donald, no, I'm a little worried because we're only, we're only like eight episodes in and Donald has taken to day drinking. Um, only on I, only on shoot days. Only on I, shoot days. I have a feeling by the time we get to like episode twenty, he's gonna be like hammered. Like and another thing. He's gonna be screaming by episode eight. Well, they'll be like, "What?" And then not- <laughs> his shirt will be off. His shirt will be off. Do you remember that time, Judy? We all we were all at a bar. Like, oh um, no! I won't tell the whole story. I won't tell the whole story. But all I know is that Donald got drunk enough so that his shirt was off in the bar, and I just it was an like, ice bar too. It was an ice bar. So it's, it's, there's a room where you'd go in and it's nothing but ice. And I went in that room shirtless and drank. No, but you were walking around the park. I mean, this was just hilarious now that I think about it. It was, it was our whole cast and crew and we were all partying. I don't know if it was a rap thing or whatever, but all of a sudden I look over and Donald was drunk enough so that he was like having animated discussions without his shirt on in the bar. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that you remember that is impressive. Too. Oh, I remember well, it because I, I did forget? some naughty, I did some stupid things, and my then girlfriend, now wife, showed up to surprise me, and I was acting a fool at the bar. Oh, that was so. Does she good. have evidence? Oh yeah, it's such a good story. But I don't know if it's, we're allowed to I don't tell know, that story. I, I don't know if I don't know. Can if you ask should... Casey if we can have permission? Maybe we'll tell on a later episode. Yeah, I'll ask her. 
Yeah, but I in the will, meantime, just know that Donald got in trouble and also had his shirt off. <laughs> oh my gosh! You remember the time Donald got in trouble? That's like every. <laughs> that's, that's a lot. That happened a lot. But a lot. That's what I'm saying. Every every episode, oh he got drunk and got in trouble and took off. Oh my oh. god! Said uh. part of clothing. Yeah, and not, when Donald would, yeah, he'd take his clothes off, and then if he got to the next level drunk, he'd leave angrily, and like sometimes yeah. he'd leave angrily with no shirt on. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yo, dude, that had, oh my God. That's just Donald the nudist. You need a show. Right. He once walked home so mad. We won't go into this story either. No, we won't go into this one But either. all I'm going to say is that he walked, we live, uh, we both lived at the time in the Hollywood Hills, and he once walked home, from, walked home, no shirt on. From up, La Brea and Melrose. Up into the Hollywood Hills. Like, uh, this is, there's no sidewalks. Like, people don't walk. Where oh, Donald, I know. I live in the hills. This is where Donald walked. And he was power walking, like, arms flying, mad naked. Well, <laughs> I wasn't naked. naked, but I was mad. Yeah. Wait, that, you really mad. Like, that's a long yeah. walk. Yeah, it's a long story. It's that's a long, a long, long story. story. Some of these stories we have to censor. Should we get into the episode? Sure. We should totally get into Let's the episode. Do it. I just wanted to say the first thing that I noticed and I is that Donald's CPR at, at, at 48 seconds is would not bring anyone back to life. But I just want to say something. It was a real human being. I'm not allowed to touch on that person's chest like that. I know. I want to tell the audience that it's a tricky thing to give fake CPR because if you do CPR for real, you can kill someone. So when you watch horrible TV and movie CPR, it, it, it sometimes looked like this. But I just wanted to say that I thought you did a particularly bad job. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, Let's but wasn't the, wasn't the real JD there at the time on set to approve the fake? I'm, I'm sure, but if you look at if you look at fake CPR all throughout medical TV shows, there's different techniques. There, but and and you know, some people just like completely bend their elbows so none of the pressure goes down on the person's sternum. I don't know what Donald's doing here, but I just maybe JD had an emergency. <laughs> Maybe he was hungover from that power walk. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, I don't know why this is a highlight of this podcast today. I'm just saying, I'm just, buddy. I'm just saying. Next time you do fake CPR in one of your projects, you know, you can do better. I believe in you. Okay. Okay. Let's talk okay. about the holy inferiority complex, Batman. This is one of some people's favorite. Uh, you know what I wrote down when I saw that? What one eleven? Batman, Robin, Starsky. And Hutch, Han and Chewie, Han and Luke, Turk and JD. <laughs> oh, you're putting us up up there? I'm saying? saying we are ultimate, ultimate dynamic duo. I want to say that, you know, there are certain things that come up all the time in, in Scrubs fan favorite things. They, they send us gifts or they send or I see them on, on the interwebs. And this episode has a few of them, actually. But bat this Batman holy in inferiority com inferiority complex um, is uh, is one of them, I think. It's great because then the then you bump you to at least you're not Alfred, and then you're in the Alfred <laughs> kick. Damn you, get up. <laughs> damn you, damn you, <laughs> That was my best Adam West impersonation ever, too. I don't think I could ever like you know people are like do Neil Diamond. I think my Adam West. Impersonation was better than my Neil Diamond. It could you're, be worse, Robin. Your you your your mask is so funny. I just have it frozen on one seventeen, and I know that like we weren't like we weren't allowed to do the exact costume again because it's parody. It like has to have a little twist on it. But your mask is so funny. <laughs> it's like Mardi Gras. It's like a Mardi Gras mask. I don't know what it was. It was. It's like a Mardi Gras. It's so Gras funny too because. 
those were the days too. Whenever we had to do like uh, the the Scrubs fantasies or whatever, where we was like, "Oh, is, are they doing the fantasy?" And everybody would run down from their dressing rooms and come see everybody oh, dress really? up and do the, the the costumes and the fantasies. And I'd be like, "I was like, when do I get to?" You actually get one, Judy. One thing I, I one get thing one I, here. One thing I noticed, Judy, at three twenty three, you are you. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. You weren't often in the fantasies but no. this was but this is one because because i don't know why we can talk about that but i this was one of the early times where you were in there doing that throwing stars thing and i'll tell you because I, I was also listening to uh when i was listening to the, the the bill podcast i remember you know how you know how bill always warned us not to go and talk to him about including <laughs> or, or getting made because you would get phase on yeah. and i would be terrified <laughs> of talking to him about shit like that it would be like you know because uh uh, he would always let me know, and then your character would be carrying the gravitas right. of the show. And I was like, but um, I'm funny, goddammit. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd be worried about, it's like, how do I talk to this man about the fact that I'm funny and I want like a fantasy and, you know, or I want a, more jokes and shit, you know? And th- those would be like, and I would literally sometimes be in my dressing room, like, trying not to cry because I'm about to confront Bill about wanting a more another joke or wanting this or wanting that because I wouldn't want to be phasoned or some shit. So what would you do? Would you give yourself a bit of a pep talk? Kind of oh thing? my God. Yeah. And I would like cry in my room before, you know, I'd be pulling like an Elliot in my room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'd freak out, you know? And was he receptive? He was receptive. He was receptive. I think I mean I I have no idea what his reasoning was, but I but it sounds like just from hearing you recount it that that Carla was always the the base of the reality and and the gravitas and the drama. So he didn't want her going into being too silly. Uh, but it's funny in this episode you do have some funny ass shit. I think totally. I like the ninja stuff. That was yeah. funny. Yeah, that was very funny. <laughs> Walking in with your girlfriend, laughing and everything, and then getting caught out yeah. there. Getting yeah, busted, which there I loved. Lot, yeah, that was, I was going to say, I, I I didn't recall, to be honest, I don't recall a lot of, I, I say this every, I say this every podcast, podcast. I, I, I don't recall a lot of Scrubs when watching it, but I didn't recall that you and Elliot had such a rocky start. I always thought that you guys had a great relationship but I, I do you remember when it switched to where you guys became was it early on because like even in this episode you're totally dissing her you know you like you know and it's and it, it seems like it's always that way she puts her foot in her mouth and you're like I got to get the hell away from this person uh Carla's like I got to get the hell away well, from in the this beginning person. Sarah was pretty disrespectful to to Carla you know like she um you know so I think I would imagine I mean obviously I, I want to know your answer but that my my impression was that she was still feeling resentful towards uh towards Elliot right I think so and I think it's more like uh she she doesn't get it and she never will you know what I mean and I think it's JD's um impulse always to just like smooth things over and over and uh and fix things and help other people understand that she's really not just awkward. She's always screwing things up, just like, you know, trying to help people understand or explain people to other people. You know what I mean? And I'm just, I got no time for this. Do you recall when it switched over to Carla being that person for Elliot? You know what I mean? Where Carla was making excuses for, oh, this is just the way she is. Did it ever switch over to that? Or was Carla always? I don't. I mean, I I, I really don't. I I, I know. 
I know well, that it happened in this episode. I, I don't know. It did, yeah. Well, it, it, in this episode, even after you're like, you can, I'm sorry I did that. We all know the truth. Right. No, nobody want to hang out with Elliot. Exactly. <laughs> Especially when she's rocking a neckerchief. Did you see that neckerchief? <laughs> and the khaki. I thought that was really funny. That moment, it's around 526 or so when you guys are walking into your going out outfits. And she's got her khakis and her her... Her little like Scooby Doo. Uh, what's the character in Scooby Doo that has the neckerchief? It was so random. Fred. Like yeah, that was her going out outfit. <laughs> so sanitary. And then she puts her foot in her mouth with your friend. Yes. Because uh, uh, she has a son, right? Yeah, she has a son who's like really young, and she's like, "Wow, way to rob the cradle." <laughs> right. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be honest with you. I had a lot of issues with this episode uh, as far as stereotypes go, and go I know on. this is the episode with stereo about stereotypes and everything like that. Right. But there's just so many things that you know. One of the lines Turk says in the show is like, "You know, all my whole life, people always assume that I'm a good athlete, that I, uh, that I, that I, uh, 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 was it? I'm a good athlete. I grew up poor, and uh, I love Sanford and Son." Those things are kind of true about me. (laughs) At the end of the day, I'm a pretty decent athlete. I didn't grow up with a lot of money, and I truly love Sanford and Son. (laughs) But it's the obvious exploitation of those things and trying to make money off of that shit. Right. Absolutely, absolutely. Right. Right. It's a, it, there's a there's a lot of deep things that's that uh, we talk about in this episode. You know, you you touched on it earlier, and that's why I was saying it was such a great segue into this episode. You know, people of color don't go to hospitals or don't go to the doctor. You know what I mean? And it's because they don't. My opinion is because they don't see themselves when they go. They see a bunch of other colors when they go, and that can be very scary. You know what I mean? We touch on it in this episode, but I feel like. Yeah, I understand why Turk's upset because, you know, his face is plastered and he's being exploited to try and bring a hip new crowd into the hospital and everything like that. But there's something deeper in that. One, I didn't know that Sacred Heart was in the inner city. I had no idea that it was an inner city hospital, one. You didn't this whole time? This whole time. I, there's so, listen. When you because say there's hardly c- any people of color in the hospital. Right, in the, in the hospital. You know what I mean? Mm. Uh, and, uh, you know... At the end of the day, this was something that really struck home with me. You know, we talk about we talk about COVID now and how, you know, people of color are 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 a very high percentage of people that are dying because we have so many underlying conditions and stuff like that. But a lot of that has to do with being afraid to go to the doctor or to the hospital because when you go there, they're either going to give you bad news or you're going to die. You know what I mean? And I feel like it's so prevalent in this episode. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, it. we talk about it in this episode in a small way, but it, that's what I took away from this. I took a, what I t- My takeaway from this was, you know, it's more than just Turk being exploited. It has everything to do with, you know, how can we make healthcare better for people of color? But my first thing was, wow, I wish we truthfully need to figure out this healthcare system when it comes to the stigmatism that uh, people of color have when they go to a hospital. 
when I finished the episode, I was like, okay, the lesson is nobody wants to be taken advantage of and stand up for yourself and everything like that. I was like, but there's something deeper in that. Also, where the hell did this kid and I get this fucking imaginary football from? <laughs> I just started laughing at that too. To talk I was like, to each other at the end I of was, the show. I was laughing at that too. I was like, so wait a second. You were stitching him up in, a, in an OR and then all of a sudden there's a football? Was, there, was right. it on the shelf? Like how did this <laughs> How did this happen? By the way, that and I, that story, and that story's pretty glossed over too. It's like you got knifed, yeah. You got stabbed, yeah. You got stabbed in the arm, yeah. Let's toss a ball. Let's play football now. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's when I, I was sitting there. I was like, "This is some stereotypical bullshit." <laughs> yeah, he got knifed in the arm, and you were then making some joke like, "Oh, I got this from what was your joke?" Like, "I oh my my injuries a from pencil this. or some yeah, shit like that." Yeah. Anyway, here, Jim. Here's a ball. Yeah, let's play catch. Let's play. Let's have a catch in the OR. That wrestling fantasy was pretty funny. I think I uh, love that. I'm gonna probe you. I'm gonna probe you because I'm the intern. I was so excited to do that. I, I liked pro wrestling when I was a kid. Although, JD Macho Man Savage. I accidentally freeze framed at 7:06, and I think it might be the most unattractive shot of me in Scrubs history. It was like this wide angle lens, and I'm all up close to it with my giant nose. And uh, and your hair I, like show enough. You had hair like show enough from the Last Dragon too. By the way, I like my hair like that. I was really enjoying it. I mean, the wig extension, whatever it is, I I, I think that they did a good job because I, I wish I could rock hair like that. My hair would never do that. It wouldn't. No, it wouldn't. It wouldn't be so glorious as, as neither that, would but, mine. Uh, no, you have beautiful curly hair. I'm looking yeah, at yeah. My right hair now. wouldn't be like all straight and shit. Judy, talk about that bar scene at, at eight oh four. Uh, do you remember shooting that? And um, it's the when you when you show up and Sarah's drinking alone. Do you remember shooting that? Or uh, and, and that woman that you worked with? I, I don't. I'm sorry, I don't know her name. I, I mean, you probably don't remember her name either. But she, I thought she did a good job. No, she was super sweet, and I, I I do remember like the whole idea of doing that scene. I I I just loved the idea of fucking up on someone so badly, you know, and just being so. Uh, so uncomfortable around someone uh, that you would uh, hide under a table, you know, yeah, hide, <laughs> hide under a table. Do you know what I mean? And having to like try to find ways to just completely avoid them because you screwed up so badly. And how uh, I'm telling uh, Turk, I, you're such a guy and you don't fucking understand what's going on. And then JD comes and uh, I'm so sorry what I did. And they apologize to each other like nothing happened. <laughs> do you think that that's a what, what do you think the commentary is there that like men can communicate with each other? I mean, what I, I laughed at that. But I, then I was thinking like, well, what is what is the social commentary there? Just that just that uh, Turk and JD have such a close relationship and they know how to communicate. I think so. I think they already apologized to each other, but they want to say, listen, I hope you got me. I'm really sorry for what happened. I didn't mean it. Like, I know that you didn't mean it as cool. You know what I mean? Just right after. And I think she realizes like, shit, I really just have to go confront her, you know, where yeah. she's trying to avoid it. I think, you know, guy, but this, these, these guys, they're so, they're such good friends Yeah. that they're going to, they're not going to do that to their friendship. You yeah. know, and he's and and Turk is looking off, and then you know, we're getting there. We're getting there. <laughs> yeah. and she's looking at him like, you know, go fuck yourself. And then we did that. There's some sound effect on our fist bump that's like this yeah. angelic noise. Uh, that's really funny. Hit me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, their their friendship isn't comp- it healed, and by no means a friendship. And and Aloma, and I love that whole and the whole nurse thing with like Aloma being in the 
JD seeking his 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 fucking evaluation so desperately from Cox. Yeah, I think fits into that story so well. He's asking from Aloma, and Miss Doctor Cox is there. He's she's like, "Can't you see I'm watching my story?" <sighs> yeah. Right. yeah, I remember that whole my stories thing being so hilarious during that episode. That I do remember, <laughs> and everybody's like quoting it all over the place. Aloma was so funny; you could just give her anything, and she she's would be funny just with like one line, and she's just uh, magical. Yeah, she comes and um, what Carla didn't give Elliot, uh, Laverne yeah. gave her. You know, right. who, who's yeah. what Aloma Wright played so beautifully. Yeah, yeah. And she goes, she just gives her, she goes, uh, why so sad marshmallow? And then she gives her a little hot chocolate, for a little yeah. marshmallow. Did marshmallow stick? Did marshmallow it did. stick? It did. I think it did. Yeah. I, I was Do you think Carla and Nurse Roberts were friends outside of work? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. Yeah. That story never got told. I want to see in, in I want to see the, uh, the Nurse Roberts, uh, Carla Vegas trip. did aloma ever go with us to vegas did she go with us to vegas for the rap party i don't think so i think aloma was i think aloma was religious and she wasn't uh she she was like i'm staying away from that (laughs) jesus will not be there i know that (laughs) i think she would have gone we had been at the slot machine the whole time but she do you remember that vegas trip yeah we went twice do you know that I don't we went, I do. I, yeah. We went for one one time. We went for like a birthday, and then another time we went for. The am I wrong? I might be wrong. I don't know. Well, we definitely went for to shoot the thing with the Blue Man Group, and then we stayed and had a party, right? Yeah. No, that was the rap party. Was the rap party and the Blue Man Group thing the same trip? No. There were two trips to Vegas. There were like three or four trips to oh, Vegas, dude. God, what a good deal! Great deal. I want to la- that's another question. When's the last time any of you have been to Vegas? I don't think it's wise for me to go to Vegas anymore. Yeah. It, I remember when just- I went to Vegas and I think um Bill was there. I was like, I've never played poker or I've never played roulette. He's like, come on, come on, you can do it, you can do it, you can do it. And I played and I beat him and he got pissed. <laughs> well, that's the <laughs> I remember uh, Bill Bill Lawrence says one of the best quotes about Vegas that I always think about, and he goes, I've never had a good second night in Vegas. <laughs> That's the thing. <laughs> you gotta oh, go. You gotta go and get the fuck out and get out. Get out, Donald. Yeah. I once went to Vegas with Donald and Judy. Once, uh, once. Well, many, I've been to Vegas many times with Donald, but once he, uh, we were playing blackjack and he got crushed, and he went upstairs and went to sleep. It was like nine thirty. Yeah. He was so mad that how badly he got beaten in blackjack that he just he said disappeared. I'm out. And and I don't think you came back out. You went to bed at like nine thirty. Well, I came out the next day. I met y'all at the pool the next day. <laughs> you had a good night's sleep. Yeah. Sleep um, I wanted to say that that billboard at 958 that, 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 that Kelso has made was really up. So nowadays that would be a visual effect. But back in 2001, they made that billboard. And it was, and I remember it was up for a little while. Right, Donald? Yeah. I, I didn't realize that the rainbow flag was behind it, though. <laughs> well, diversity. <laughs> yeah. I, you know what? I thought the diversity was the fact that a white guy and a black guy could work at the same hospital together. Not I had that no the idea. black guy was gay. Not that the black guy was gay. <laughs> <laughs> right. Remember, remember that they took down all the posters in the hospital, but they left the was up up for a while. Yeah, for <laughs> those were hilarious. By the way, I wish I, I was when I was watching this episode. I was going, I wish I had one of those as a souvenir. Me the, too. Time the, to get uh, an EKG G would be hanging up in my house, dude. Time to sure. get an EKG G is G? my favorite one. <laughs> oh my gosh. 
I wanted to say that at 10.08 is when you get mad at me. We're in the car about the billboard. And then I do a, an homage to the movie Vacation where I go, roll them up. Do you remember that? Do you remember? Yes. The movie, do you remember in the movie Vacation when Chevy Chase is frantically, they end up in a bad neighborhood and they're stealing their 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 tire, their hubcaps. And there's a, they hear a gunshot and Chevy Chase goes, roll them up. Roll them up. <laughs> roll off the windows. <laughs> That's <right>. No doubt. <laughs> so I just recognize my homage to vacation there. And then you um, also said, ten- keep it real. You also said, keep it real in the scene where you come, where we apologize to yeah, each say other. After the fist bump. After the uh, fist bump, you said, keep it real. Keep it That's real. That's a bit of, bit of an homage too, I would say. To, oh, to Chevy Chase? No, to Clueless. Oh, to Clueless. Sorry. Um, 1041, this is the Sanford and Son uh, thing, which is pretty funny. And I, I laughed out loud when you did it like reluctantly. You did our, your, your sad, like I try and get you into the Sanford and Son thing. And then you sort of. I do it because I can't really help it. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm, it's, the, it's, the, it's, you had this look on your face is like so reluctant, but you can't help it. But I can't help it. <laughs> 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 yeah, and then it cuts, and then it cuts to that ass slapping dance where we're singing yeah. separate. As- <laughs> yes, dirty. It's just dirty. That's a special moment in Scrubs history with us both dancing and ass slapping. Bill had referenced you being on the brochure twice when he's on. This is the moment that happens. Eleven thirty-four. Now he said this was a problem that he. Some people got mad about it. I'm sure people get mad at everything, but I think this was a real story. I think, I, I, as I understand, this was taken from a, a real anecdote where a college had gotten caught putting the same person on the uh, on the brochure twice. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Tacovas are one of my favorite boot brands. They're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots but they've made some innovations in comfort, style, and service. These boots are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, and handmade down in the boot-making capital of the world, Leon, Mexico. Whenever I slip on my Tacoba's boots, I feel the cowboy magic, Donald. They're tough enough for getting dirty, but classic and stylish enough for a night out on the town. If you ever wonder if you can pull off cowboy boots, you should pull on a pair of Tacobas. You'll see. They'll become your new favorite footwear. Cowboys knew what they were doing when they invented Western wear. If you can't make it into a store, Tacovas delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit Tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and point your toes west. As a special opportunity for our listeners, Tacovas has said they will throw in one of their best-selling trucker hats or ball caps for free into any minimum purchase of $100 on Tacovas.com. Just use code REALFRIENDS at checkout. That's R-E-A-L-F-R-I-E-N-D-S. It's about a $30 value, and they sell fast, so there are always new styles and looks. Again, for a limited time, just enter code REALFRIENDS at checkout to add a free logo hat to your order as a one-time gift from Tacovas. only at Tacovas.com. Let me tell you guys, my family loves our Helix Sleep Mattress. Ever since we've got it, we've had some of our best sleep yet. The Helix lineup offers 20 unique mattresses, including the award-winning Lux Collection, the newly released Helix Elite Collection, a mattress designed for big and tall sleepers, and even a mattress made just for kids. So how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? Take the Helix Sleep Quiz and find your perfect mattress in under two minutes. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door free of charge. 
Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10- to 15-year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. Everybody is unique, and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. Not only is the mattress the best I've slept on, but the setup was fast and easy. Helix mattresses are delivered in a box straight to your door for free. Helix is offering 20% off of all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash realfriends and use code HELIXPARTNER20. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long with Helix. Better sleep starts now. If you struggle to get in shape and lose weight, I'm about to change your life. I'm Carl, the CEO of Body, and I don't like working out and eating healthy either. So here's how I get myself to do it. I make myself own the morning. And by the morning, I mean the first hour or so every day. It's not family time. It's not for scrolling social media. It's for my results and my health. And man, does it work. Every day, I get out of bed, drink a health shake I made the night before, and then I go crush a workout in the body app and just follow along day by day. Before most people are even out of bed, I'm done for the day. So here's my offer to you. The next 500 people who go to body.com will get 65% off a full year of access to over 120 programs. 65% because I want you to start now and see how fast the pounds come off and the muscles start popping. And if they don't, Hey, you get your money back. Just go to body.com. That's B-O-D-I dot com. And let's own the morning together and get healthy and fit. Daylight savings time is starting up again for most states. The goal? To give everyone more daylight from March through November. By setting clocks forward, it may feel like there are more hours in the day. But if you're hiring, it doesn't necessarily help you find qualified candidates for your roles any sooner. There's only one way to do that. ZipRecruiter. And right now, you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash realfriends. ZipRecruiter works around the clock to find qualified candidates for you. Once you post your job on ZipRecruiter, they send it to 100-plus job sites so you reach more of the right people. Spring forward with a new hiring partner, ZipRecruiter, and find top talent sooner. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash real friends. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash real friends. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. And we are back. So before you guys we have to, to jump in, before we get started, before we get started, this is Tiffany. Hi, Tiffany. Thanks for being here. Hi, Tiffany. Hi, Tiffany. How are you? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, Tiffany. <laughs> wow. Oh, my God. Sorry. Hi, Tiffany. Sorry. No, super, this is beautiful. Super <laughs> excited, guys. Oh, Wait, Joelle, what did you want to say before we want to get all this? What did you want to say? It is no problem. So this is a surprise for Tiffany's husband. So he does not know. That he's about oh. to come on and talk to you guys. Wow. Hi, Tiffany. That's, That's really exciting. Nice That's really nice of you, oh. Tiffany. So, Tiffany, he has no clue that he's going to speak to the three of us. No, he has absolutely no idea. Our anniversary is on Friday, nine years. Well, nine years married this year. Best anniversary present ever. Oh Never buying anything. Goodness. Ever you. again. So, Tiffany, what are you going to tell you? Are you also in your closet? Yes, Faison style, right? No <laughs> doubt. I love and Judy, it. And Judy Reyes style, as you can Judy see. Judy Reyes is in her closet, too. Uh, now, Tiffany, what are you going to tell him? Are you going to say that you, you guys are going to get on a, a Zoom are call? Are you going to be like, some... yo, get your ass in the closet right now. Get in the closet. 
No, don't don't that. He'll be disappointed if he finds out it's us and his wife's <laughs> luring him to the closet. Yeah, he has he has no idea. I had to come up with a very elaborate ruse to try to work all this out. I'm a horrible liar. So he either thinks I'm having some kind of breakdown or hiding something from him. So with a big reveal is going to be fabulous. So what's the plan? How do we best so, reveal? Yeah, how do you do this? I don't know. He thinks I'm in the closet right now on an important work phone call. And so I was going to go out there and say, I need tech support. I can't, um, I can't log into the call. Ask, ask, do it, go do it, go do it. Right now? Are we ready? Are we ready? Now's the time. Okay. I might cry guys. And I'm an ugly crier. I, you know, just fair warning. Looks like I got hit in the face with a sack of marbles. So don't worry. Nobody's going to be able to see you cry. Donald's going to virtually hug you. And we're fake doctors. So we're used to, so we're kind of used to. Yeah. We see lots of fake emotion. Yeah. Nice. Okay, I'm gonna I'll be right back. Okay, this is hard. exciting. Okay. Good work, Joelle. Good producing, Joelle. This is this is this really added a little little spice. I, I'm nervous. Are you guys nervous? I'm excited. No, I don't want him to be disappointed. What if he's like, oh, I thought Donald's gonna... drunk. He doesn't feel anything. Yeah, Do- Donald's I'm not drunk. Hold on, guys. I'm, ca- I'm fucking. I've got a nice little buzz going. Oh, oh god. I'm just, I'm really, Why do we have to be quiet? I'm, um, I'm really stressed out. These are just my. My coworkers that are from the, from the call. Hi. Hey. Hi. Hey. 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 Join us. Leave your cheese to sour. Do you know what today is? It's your anniversary. Oh my God, they're crying. Anniversary. Oh, you guys can hug. Oh, oh, now they're hugging, you guys. They're hugging. Uh, Joelle's crying. This is so beautiful. He seems to be crying. How did you do this? (laughs) hi this is how it, this is how it went down your wife called <laughs> disney studios and was like i need a favor and disney studios provided that's not true at all that's not true at all your <laughs> amazing wife got that's you on our podcast and uh and and we're we um, the three of us donald Faison, judy reyes and i Zach Braff, are your, uh, your, your anniversary present. You can thank iHeartRadio. Yeah. You can thank Joel. I will. And thank you can thank Dan and you Tiffany guys. Rodriguez. Donald and Tiffany <laughs> Rodriguez. And more, most importantly, <laughs> you thank your wife. <laughs> oh. Do y'all want to? Do y'all want to hug? They already again? did hug. They can yes. hug again. They Virtual can hug. hug. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh, yeah. wanna, um, this is so exciting. I, okay, Joelle, so, oh my god. Joelle's crying. Everybody's crying. I'm not <laughs> I'm not crying. Um, well, you will be when, when I'm not crying. I'm not gonna cry. Uh, yeah. Well, anyway, uh, hi. Um, we're so I, glad that you like our little TV show and, and, and we just wanted to uh, say happy anniversary. And if you wanted to ask us anything or or uh, anything, we're here to answer <laughs> questions. It could be about the show, it could be about your life, whatever you want. <laughs> oh my god, I feel like I feel like Turk when he met Lando. <laughs> 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 I mean Turk, Chris Turk. Oh my God, and Lando, and do it, Donald. Give him the Lando. Lando Calrissian. Oh you, you know, here's a little, here's a just, little, here's a little trivia. I was doing uh, like a celebration. So Star Wars has a celebration every uh, year, right? And I was doing a celeb- one of the celebrations because I voiced one of the uh, characters on a Star Wars television show. 
And right, yeah. somebody told me that Billy D. Williams was next door and that I should go say hi to him. <laughs> and I got really excited. I was like, oh, snap. Land- Billy D. wants to say hi to me? Okay, let me go say hi. <laughs> so I walked into the room and, I, and you know, there's a bunch of people in line and they're waiting to say hi to Billy D. and take a picture with him. And I walk in and I go, ah, Lando Calrissian. <laughs> and he jumps and then he looks over at me. And he's like, the line's over there. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. You must have been crushed. He's like your oh, hero. it broke my heart. It broke my heart. In your it mind. Broke my heart. In your mind, oh you thought God. he was going to be like, Donald Donald! <laughs> Donald! We're now come over here. Come over I here, really- my friend. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> anyway. Um, so if you have any questions that you want to ask. Don't be, don't be shy. Tell us, ask um, us anything. He's still Who's stunned. your favorite guest star, I guess? I favorite guest star. <laughs> favorite guest star. <laughs> Judy, do you want to yeah. go first as, since you're our favorite uh, guest ever? You guys had a lot. <laughs> I had, I could tell you the first most shocking guest star because I, I don't know. I'm like um, Zach. I don't necessarily get starstruck. But I remember the first time. Um, I remember we had Eric Estrada on the show. Yes. <laughs> and he was on the. You guys remember Eric Estrada from Chips? Of course, of course. And yeah. I was For those of you out there who don't who don't remember the show Chips, uh, there was a actor on the show by the name of Eric Estrada who was America's heartthrob back in yeah. the day. Yeah. Yes, and uh, he wasn't supposed to be the star. The guy who was supposed to be right. the star of the show, who knows? Nobody remembers his name. Yeah, <laughs> right. John. I don't remember him. No, that's the character's name. Eric Estrada is the actual name of the dude who played Ponch. Joelle, can you tell us his name, please? I, I feel disrespectful myself too. But nonetheless, when I came into hair and makeup, and and there was Eric Estrada getting his, he was just doing like a you know like a real quick guest appearance, and I saw him. I was like. <gasps> By just standing in the same room with this guy, I couldn't even speak. Right. And now I have a big giant. I did. I remember uh, Wayne Brady had a, 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 a talk show at that time, and I, I told him that story, <laughs> and he gave me a giant uh, poster of Eric Estrada that I still have in my garage of Eric Estrada <laughs> in like, hot pants. Yeah, nice. I remember. I remember that uh, Eric Estrada wore really tight, tight uh, motorcycle pants. They all did. The, yeah. the name and that you're looking for was uh, Wilcox. Larry Wilcox. <laughs> yeah. Larry Wilcox, yes. There you go. There you My go. apologies, Larry. It's all right. Well, you're not, you didn't, didn't have his name, but we want to make sure we get it out there to respect all members of the Screen Actors Guild. Donald, who is your favorite guest star? Billy D. Williams, obviously. Right. I really enjoyed uh, when Colin Farrell came on the show. Right. You were geeked I about loved that. loved Colin Farrell. I yeah, loved that I scene. I really liked that. All of us, men and women, almost made out with him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sarah, really, oh, Sarah really was excited to make out with him. And then, of course, Brendan Fraser, man. Like, yes. Oh, and also, and also Ryan Reynolds. Uh, You're supposed to pick one, Donald. You're supposed oh, to pick if one. I have to, if I have to pick one? The exercise just, was to pick one, not just start okay. listing off famous people. Oh. Well, then, for me... It would have to be uh, Billy D. Williams. For me, it was John Ritter, hands down. Oh, yeah, yes. absolutely, absolutely. Because John Ritter, when I was a kid, you'll hear me say this over and over again. I my intro to physical comedy was Three's Company. I just thought that was the funniest shit I had ever seen in my life. And John Ritter doing physical comedy was just—he's uh, a master. Ritter, he could fall over a couch like like no one. And I just thought he was a master. And then, so when he came on to play my father, I was just gushing. I was just, I I loved him so much. And in fact, he was supposed to come back um, for the second time. Literally, he was going to shoot Monday 
and I believe he died um, that weekend, the weekend no, before. No, the week, the, 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 he died the- If not the night before. No, yeah, he was supposed to come in and he passed away after they wrapped or while they were making the show that he was on at the time and he was going right. to come and do our show the next day. Right. And, and it's really amazing how quickly Tom Cavanaugh, who was not scheduled to be on the show, showed up to be on- uh, the episode and how they changed it around to make yeah, it so had, that to, so that uh, John Ritter's character had passed away on the show as well. Yeah, they had to frantically rewrite it. But that that's mine. I, I mean, I'm, I'm literally getting goosebumps as I tell this story. Just and I and I had him. I have a framed wall on my on my in my house of all these framed family pictures and um, Donald's on there a few times, of course. And there was literally um, one of the most prominent pictures was a picture of me and John Ritter, just because uh, he was just so important to me, and uh, I, I I loved him a lot. I remember when he said my name the first time, and it caught me. It kind of caught me off guard. You know what I mean? I was like, "Holy cow! Wow! He, John Ritter knows my name." You know what I mean? I, as you did, Zach. I also grew up on Three's Company, and uh, yeah, I, I, that that's a that's a you know what? I, as much as I love Billy D. Williams. Meeting John Ritter was, uh, and Michael J. Fox also, were highlights for me. Yeah. All right. How about another question? Because now that you, it looks like your face has, uh, has settled in a little bit. You're not stunned as much anymore. Right. God, your eye, is, I, I, you know, your eyes aren't it knocked me over bulging out of your head anymore. Right. <laughs> I, um, I, another, I don't know if I have another question. You don't Tiffany, do you me. have any questions? Tiffany, how about you? Um, would you guys ever consider doing a live taping? So that we could go and and see you and like after all the <laughs> yeah after all, obviously after all the COVID nineteen stuff but well yeah. you know you know uh, well go ahead if you were gonna say yeah Donald I Donald, would, Donald we would. want to do that we just don't know when all of this is gonna go away you know what I mean uh, I don't know where you guys are we're in Los Angeles right now and we have strict policies in Los Angeles as we should we you know we have a lot of COVID patients here and so I don't know. Well, even COVID aside, I, I, there's no plans to do anything like that. And in fact, you know, Scrubs was shot like a film, not um, in front of an audience. Although, as you recall, we did that um, that one sitcom spoof where we did it in front of a live audience. That was, yeah, that was <laughs> – look, he knows the title. You are good. Um, that was a lot of fun, you know, because I never – Donald had done sitcoms before. I had never done a sitcom. Uh, and, Judy, had you? No. I mean, I've uh, done – I did a pilot and I did a guest star. And I, I had done theater, but but there was it was really fun doing that. That do you guys remember that? I, yeah, I remember, obviously. It was a blast. I just remember thinking like, oh, now I see the allure of doing a sitcom. It's such a high. Like the audience is so amped up. It's like cold, and they've got a lot of sugar, and uh, and they just laugh at whatever you do. And um and and, and we were, obviously it was a well written episode, so it was genuinely funny. But I remember really thinking like, oh, that could be fun to do. Uh, are you guys in the medical industry at all? I'm just curious because uh, you're such enormous fans. Oh, no. 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 <laughs> no. <laughs> I was military for, I was Army for a little bit, but. Uh. Yeah, Where do you guys I'm, live? Northern California. Uh, okay. Patterson. It's yeah. right up the five on the other side of the Bay Area. Oh, right, well, so you guys are in the Bay Area. No, we could be over in like five hills. and a half hours if you guys can make us dinner. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime. Yes, Anytime. What, 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 what y'all cooking? What y'all cooking tonight? Uh, tacos. <laughs> tacos. Oh, yeah. I love tacos. It's Wednesday. Leftover. It's Turkey Taco and, uh, Wednesday over yeah. here as well. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. You guys, let's head up there. We're, we'll drive in separate cars and we'll sit in your in your backyard. <laughs> Open invitation. Guys. We will yeah. maintain safe distancing. I promise you. Oh my God! Well, thank you guys well, thank you so, so much. much for what a great thank, surprise and thank, uh, thank and. You guys. Uh, 
our pleasure. Thank you guys for the show and for happy anniversary. Happy anniversary, you. Tiffany. You are a good wife. I got to say, wow. that was a good surprise. Yeah, I'm never gonna have to buy anything ever again. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, you know, take a picture of that and you know, just say, hey, that's it. Every year, remember 2020? That's what happened. Take the picture now. Let's take the picture. Then let, wait, let me get, oh, let me get oh fresh for you though. Wait, I got yeah. my phone. Let me get can fresh we, for you. Is that let okay? Can we take the yeah, picture? Of you yes, can. of course. Yes, of course. Okay. Make sure you get Joelle too. Okay. And that's how we'll always remember them. <laughs> that's how we'll always remember them. Oh, there they are. Did you get him? Oh, my God. Yeah. accidentally did airplane mode. <laughs> Should have heard him, though. He's like, no! <laughs> <laughs> he screams. Oh, my God. Wow. this Guys, you were just totally awesome. And thank, thank you, you for doing this. Where it's we're our pleasure. The sh- watching the show, listening to the podcast. It's just awesome right now. Thank you. We're having so much fun doing it, and it means a lot to us that that you're loving listening. And uh, and please stay safe up there and enjoy Taco Wednesday. We will do that. Be healthy. Thank you. Bye, guys. Thank you, guys. Bye. Bye. Yeah, you you technically are supposed to hang up, but you don't have to. You don't have to. Accidentally did before. We can be together forever. I'm going to invite my. (laughs) I like it. I like it, Judy. Let's do that. (laughs) Rocking the curly hair. I'm a a fan. No, no, but really hang up now because we got the rest of a show. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) Donald's like, Donald's like, no joke. Get the fuck out. No, seriously. Rodriguez is getting the fuck out. Got it. No, no, no. I love y'all. Thank you. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you. <laughs> Joelle, oh good my job. Gosh, that was great. Joelle. Joelle, I don't know how a caller can I mean, you really brought it. Why I don't know how did you do that? I don't know how anyone's ever gonna compete with that, Joelle. You know, I wanted to really quickly give some tips. If you guys want to write in a letter, make sure your subject line is just really expressive. That's gonna pop out. It's like we have thousands and thousands oh, of letters wow. for people wanting to call in. And so just, you know, whatever you can, put your question in there. If you have a good one, if you have a good story, uh, we'll probably wait till we surprise someone. So don't try to set that up just yet. <laughs> you know, in other words, top that bitches. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, listen, we should, we should remind people if you do, oh, even though Joelle say she's getting thousands of them, if you do want to ask a question, uh, you go to, you write an email to scrubs, at gmail.com, find a way to stand out. And and it'll it'll all be up to Joelle's eyeballs, who gets to come on. <laughs> yeah, don't blame me if you call in and yeah. if you try to call in or you send an email and you don't get a response. Yeah. It's not my fault. You blame Donald, Joelle. You're not going to believe this, but Donald's not the one sifting through the thousands of emails. Yeah, you blame Joelle. Yeah, you blame Joelle. It's her fault. You got to put some bass in your bass voice. Bass in your voice. You ain't going to fall for no banana in the tailpipe. You're not going to fall for no banana in the tailpipe? I ain't going to fall for no banana in the tailpipe. This guy too much. Wait a minute. No banana, no tailpipe? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> uh, all, right. all right. So Six I was going to say something. Go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say something. Go ahead. Oh, uh, look, you got notes. I'm so impressed. I always have notes. These are from, I always have notes. Oh, watch. good. I didn't know that you were always yeah. rocking notes. I just thought you were making drinks over there in the closet. No, no. <sighs> Boy, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> boy, oh boy. Go ahead. Dr. Kelso calls Turk Turk. Yeah. And this Dr. Turk. He calls him Dr. Turk. Now, right, and not Turkleton. So, right. does this mess up the lore that Kelso doesn't know Turk's last name is Turkleton? And he's just calling him Dr. Turk like he would call uh, uh, Dr. Dorian, Dr. He would therefore be calling Dr. Dorian, Dr. John. Or did they decide somewhere down the line, this is a good Bill Lawrence question, did they decide somewhere down the line that Kelso just forgot Turk's name altogether? 
Okay, we'll ask Bill that here, Joel. Um, what was what was the intention? I imagine that someone just missed it and uh, and decided it would be funny later on if if Kelso had no idea what your name and thought your name was Turk Turkleton, which is very funny. That's that's <laughs> one of the funniest. That's one. Of, that's another thing that I really loved. I've I've been uh, spewing about this, uh, 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 Judy, because. I really feel like our relationship is the one. I mean, yeah, they follow uh, JD and Elliot throughout the show, but our relationship from the gate, from the beginning of the show to season eight, is is you know it. You watch it grow, and by ep- season three, when we finally get into the wedding and all of that stuff. I really felt like it was earned by the time we got there. You know what I mean? Like we had been through so many, th- the characters had been through so many things. And so, you know, when I look back at all of this stuff, when I look back at me singing Mrs. Jones and, you know, me hiding in your in your closet at your mom's house. And then when you finally decide to move in and, you know, there's a breakup between Turk and Carla and all of that stuff before they get married, I feel like it's really earned and I don't necessarily remember how the episode of us getting married turns out, but I just remember it feeling so epic when we were shooting it. You know what I mean? Because all of this stuff that we had been through in the first few seasons were coming to a head at at that point. And I just felt like our romance on the show was just I you know, I said it to Bill. I think I thought it was perfect. You didn't you didn't necessarily need to watch the show to understand that Turk and Carla were the were like they the, belong together? Like yeah, they were strength and the foundation. Yeah, a part of that, like, and in essence, kind of like the way the episode ends. Um, it's kind of like the reason you belong in this place and the way these people belong together, like a family. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like you know, they're like that parental force, that place that you belong. The reason that you feel like you go there, you know what I mean? Like meant to be. You yeah, know, yeah. despite the uh, the fuck ups and the breakups and the ups and the downs, they're funny together. They understand each other. He's um, silly um, where she's a little too serious because you can't have them both be silly at the same time. Right. You know what I mean? She's she's got she she grounds she grounds him. Yeah, she grounds him, and she grounds like a lot of other people. You know what I mean? Where she begs to be light. When she's not, you know, she has to like loosen up sometimes, you know what I mean? Where she teaches people about the place that they're in, right. you know, where she where she has to be taken out of there sometimes. Kind of like Cox has to be taken out of there sometimes. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so it's uh, they, they, they pull each other out of where they are and they bring each other to where they have to be. Yeah. Speaking you know of what I mean, yeah. very much yin and yang, you know what yeah. I mean? Mm-hmm. I remember somebody asking me you know, well, what do you have in common with your wife? And I was like, well, I don't have that much in common with my wife, to be honest with you. Uh, we do love each other passionately and stuff like that. That's the one thing we do have in common, but we're not necessarily uh, the same people. And I think that's very much the same with uh, Chris Turk and Carla. I think that the two of them, they might be both from the inner... I don't even know that Turk is from the inner city. I know Carla's from the inner city. But Turk, in this episode, we discovered that he was always the black dude in the situation. You know what I mean? Even in the science fair where they give him the blue ribbon, even though he didn't compete in the science fair. And also at college, because there weren't a lot of black kids at the college, they put him in the brochure twice. 
But anyway, my point is their personalities aren't necessarily the same, but they complement each other so well. Correct. Yeah. That is like you and Casey. I mean, it's funny you say that because you guys are so perfect together. But yeah, yin yang is the perfect We're way completely to put, different. Way to and put I think it, but that's, so different. Yeah. I think that's what worked about Carla and Turk. Carla is so serious and Turk's such a fucking goofball. But you put them together and you get like a, the perfect couple. I want to just touch on uh, the scene where Johnny C berates me at 1818 um, in the conference room. I thought Johnny's performance there was really, really good. Uh, and it's a really powerful scene. It's, it's, it was an early moment in Scrubs where he's just laying it all out there. There's no score that's sort of forcing your, mo- your, your, your emotions. It was just like him just laying in to me. I thought, that way, I thought he was really good there. I thought yeah. he was great in it. And, and I, you know, I watched it twice, the episode. And I remember when I first, when, what I do remember about the episode and having seen, when I saw it initially, it was like, he's just so hard on him. You know, but I'm a parent now. Yeah. And, uh, and I know my husband, who's like, uh, coaches soccer, is hard like that. And he's hard like that on my daughter. And I get it. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, shit. I get it. You know, yeah. it's like you, a, a person who wants approval can be um, so satisfied with being liked and everybody being okay with, uh, you know, thinking that you're good or or being uh, 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 approved uh, by everyone around you instead of knowing that the job that they're doing is a good job or you knowing that what you did was well done instead of people liking you or liking what you did. You yeah. know, and that's a really hard place to be when you have to look at yourself. You know what I'm saying? And watching it was like, shit, that was so good. Which Johnny C is like, no one's harder on Johnny C than Johnny Z. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. He really brought it. I mean, I, I just, I thought, you know, it's a pretty big speech he had. And he just, I don't know, I got goosebumps when I was watching it. But he's relentless like that. There's a funny moment in 1949 when Elliot offers to give your friend Valium. I'm like, a doctor's allowed to do that? Like, your friend is upset because her son got stabbed. And Elliot's well, like, don't worry, we're going to set you up with a Valium and an IV drip. I was like, what? That's a thing? That, I mean, it's, if, if it's not, it should be. Because I would I just, need it if my kid got stabbed. I'm going to tell you that right now. I just I didn't know. I would lose know, my shit. I didn't know uh, if you're uh, – I just didn't know if doctors are allowed to, like, just start throwing around Valium for people that are upset. Well, with the stuff that's out now, that's like nothing. It's like, I'll give you two Xanax and an opiate. You'll be fine. <laughs> He's like, I'm worried, I'm worried about you. I'm going to set you up in a room with a Valium and a drip. I was like, really? Go, Elliot. In, it, in an inner city hospital with people like pouring out the doors, but right. you know you got a room for you. That's what's messed up. It's an inner city hospital that's so heavily that so heavily relies on insurance. It was twenty years ago, Faison. I'm just saying this shit is still prevalent. This shit is still real today, yo. I'm just keeping it 100. At 1958, it may be the very first uh, occurrence of the sc- sad Scrubs cue. That's the first time I heard it. Oh, okay. I, I don't do, 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 do. For those of you, you who don't know, this Scrubs cue will go on for a really long time until finally... We started making fun of it so much. Yeah. But JD starts commenting on the sad scrolls. Right. Songs. And it gets taken out of the show because of that. 
I think what happened was what the, season the, does it get taken out? Oh, I that know. I don't know. That I think I the composer know. the composer made it like a handful of cues, and then these guys just used the same cues over and over again. There's not that many other, you know, when we don't use music, there's not that many Scrubs cues. It's like bow, bow. That was like a, that would be like a sting when something funny happened. They just go bow after something Robert said after everything Mash said. Yeah. Benign, benign and a half, down. That's the janitor, benign, benign and a half, Donald. I thought that was. Yeah, that's wow. the episode where I have to look that's at the top. janitor's. I have, I catch a look at the janitor's penis, and I and I notice that there's a mole on it, and I and oh I, yeah, and then I have to inspect it, and I go, it's benign, and he goes, benign, benign and a half. I thought that was the Todd <laughs> that said that this whole time. That's hilarious. I oh man, like I said, I don't remember this show. I was on, and I don't remember much about it. Well, that's the show, guys. That's the episode, pretty much. Yeah, Judy. Will you will you come do this more? Because I think you're, we really like having you on. I, I hope I can speak for my co-host Donald Faison. I would love it if you came back. I again. would love anytime, to return anytime yeah. you want to. And, we will and, make that happen. And Judy, um, since you are one of my favorite uh, guests to ever be on our little podcast, uh, and also because you have a beautiful voice, I thought you could be the first one to ever count us in to our our theme song that ends the show. Donald uh, prefers to go five, six, seven, eight. Um, I, I, I don't know how you feel. You can count in any way you so choose. Is five, six, seven, eight okay? Yeah, Donald, you do, do you want to weigh in on however, uh, however you want to do it, it's all right with me. Is it like yeah. five, six, seven, eight? That's pretty sure. good. That'll, yeah. that'll work. That could work. <laughs> yeah, okay. But let's do it for real now. Okay, here we go. That, that was pretty good. Okay, but we'll I want to just, yeah. Judy Reyes, uh, we love you. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Count us in to our theme song. Five, six, seven, eight. Some stories about a show we made about a bunch of docs and nurses and a janitor who loved to hate. I said, here's a story. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, it's simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. You can learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. Hey, guys, I've been telling you about how we are big fans of Tacova's boots. Heritage, tradition, quality, comfort, style, and service are some of the best features of Tacova's. But now they also have a gift for our listeners. Tacovas will throw in one of their best-selling trucker hats or ball caps free with a minimum purchase of $100 at tacovas.com. Just use code REALFRIENDS at checkout. That's R-E-A-L-F-R-I-E-N-D-S. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com. And point your toes west. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. 
featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Now playing only in theaters. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes Film.com to get tickets now.